You are listening to You Should Write a Book with Camille Pagan. I'm Camille, a certified coach, the best-selling author of 10 books, and the founder of Even Better Co. Each week, I coach aspiring to establish authors on how to write books, actually enjoy the process, and create even better writing careers. Hi, Kelly. It's so good to see you today. What would you like coaching on? Well, Camille, I have been uh, in the process of writing a book, nonfiction, since it has something to do with my life in the past and as it's turned out. And I think that I have stopped so many times just due to fear, a fear of putting personal things out there. Mm -hmm. And I seem to want to avoid writing most of the time due to that fear. Okay. So I love that you're on to yourself. That's amazing. You know exactly what's going on. What's the fear about? I think the way that I would like to write the book, it is based on a journal I kept through junior high school. Mm -hmm. And I think the way I'd like to write the book is so personal that there might be things in it that I feel might help younger women. Mm -hmm. And especially middle schoolers to young girls. Yeah. That might be a little too personal and things I haven't shared with my own family. Mm -hmm. And I think that gets a little daunting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it sounds like you like your why for writing this. You like the idea of reaching younger women, maybe middle schoolers. Uh, you're really connected with the purpose of this book. Is that right? Definitely. I, I really, truly believe it could help or the book is really about the journal saying you're not alone. So I named my journal Kiki. Mm -hmm, love it. And so I have that title, honestly, um, already. And the whole whole point is about not being not feeling alone, not yeah. feeling psychotic through middle school and how life can change and um, just encouraging young young girls. So let me ask you, Kelly, before we get into the fear part, tell me about the decision to make this nonfiction versus fiction, only because both are an option and we can work through any thought. Sometimes we don't want to. Sometimes it's easier to change the circumstance. I'm not saying that that is this case, but let's get clear on why make this not fictionalized. Well, the idea uh, behind the book was because it has been shared many, many times with my daughter, her friends, um, laughing hysterically about this journal mm -hmm. because it seems like a typical middle schooler's life. Yeah. Very personal. And so the idea was to, um, I wrote it out verbatim, just everything I had written in my journal over those years. And I thought it might be fun um, maybe feeling more real to do actual entries that I made in and putting them in this book. Yeah. And then transitioning to some thoughts around those with some illustrations. And so in doing so, in my mind, that would make it a nonfiction. Although I could elaborate things on stories, I guess, that could create fiction. I'm not sure. Yeah. So... I am only offering this 
knowing that other people are listening to who are probably in a, a similar situation. And there is always an option to call it fiction. <laughs> and some people do this when they truly are transcribing their lives and even their journals. Um, for some people, it's a legal decision. They don't want to deal with any legal repercussions. And in the beginning of a fiction book, you say that this is fictionalized. It's not based on actual people, even if it is. Um, so that's why I'm putting that out there. But it sounds here too like you do like your reason for keeping it nonfiction. So let's go to the worst case scenario. Our brains spend all this energy avoiding the worst case scenario, but I think it's actually really helpful to go there. So what could be the bad thing that would happen? Let's say you put this out there, it gets published, your name is on it. It is clearly labeled as nonfiction. Amazing. You are so brave. And what bad thing could happen? Um, shock and disappointment mm -hmm. from my adult children, mm -hmm. even from my husband, mm -hmm. possibly my parents who are 91 and 88, mm -hmm. just my family in general. Yeah. Possibly shock from friends. Mm -hmm. So it's beautiful that you can articulate this because we're all afraid of this. I've yet to meet a writer who doesn't have this fear. Um, maybe, I don't know, some sociopath out there doesn't worry about what other people think, but humans do, right? <laughs> We're designed to. So that is really good that you know that. But here's what I want to offer you. Let's just say that they are shocked and disappointed. What then? What's the like next part of that sentence or story? Disconnection. Mm -hmm. Uh, change dynamics in the relationships. Yeah. My family, thankfully, is not judgmental, but I could see this um, depending on where I go with it. You know, I, I certainly don't intend if it is for middle school aged um, girls as my main audience or my hopeful main audience mm -hmm. that I would put you know, crazy details and things like that, that wouldn't be appropriate anyway. Right. But I'm try trying to work out those boundaries. Mm -hmm. So one thing I think about when looking at other people's possible reactions is just to think about the fact that much of what we're imagining is unlikely to happen. So I would just start with a layer of is it possible that something else will be true? Is it possible they'll have another reaction? Now that you've gone to the worst case scenario, what about a better scenario? Because a lot of times our expectation is our experience. So it's good to get in there in the brain and see what's actually happening, what's lurking in the dark corners. But now that we've done this, what do you think they're more likely to do? And let's just say there's a little bit of shock and a little bit of disappointment. Then what? What would those conversations look like? Well, hopefully I would um, talk about it prior to any hopeful publication. But I think those conversations, as I have always said, and in the business that I do, um, toward deep conversations almost inevitably lead to growth. That's so good. I also think um, through life and being the age that I am, and again, what I do through life, we all know that everybody has stories behind 
so much of how they behave and how they interact and react. And so hopefully with adult children, that can also be um, maybe enlightening and inspiring. Yeah. So I definitely think there can be some positives, Mm -hmm. but we are so close that I would hate the thought of any feeling of disconnection. Mm. So I want to offer you, Kelly, that disconnection is optional because it's a perception. And if you're looking for it, you'll find it. The brain goes where we point it. So if the main worry is disconnection, you're going to read a lot of what is happening and their reactions as disconnection. I would go into this really intentionally and think maybe this is the opportunity for connection. But the big piece of that is allowing them to have their feelings. So much yeah. of our misery comes from, and I know you know this, but it like when it's in the actual circumstance, it's like, oh, this applies to me too, of thinking that we can somehow control the reaction. Correct. But just in the same way that I can see the freedom when you're talking about sharing the story, there's freedom in letting them react however they want and believing that on the other side of that is connection. Agree. Yeah. Great point. Always can use reminders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Especially when we're talking about ourselves. Much easier, much easier to coach, huh? Yeah. And I have to tell you, I get coached on this all the time. I think one of the hardest parts of writing is knowing that other people are going to have feelings about what you're sharing. And again, unless you're a sociopath, you tend to care at least a little. So I don't know. What could this mean for you? What could be something amazing that comes of sharing your true self, this piece of you and of your history? Well, with um, the audience I hope to connect with, mm -hmm. I think it can mean a great deal. Mm -hmm. My story is actually pretty unique. Um, and I know that obviously we understand what middle schoolers go through, but I think having grown older, as I have, um, and seen what it led to, what it can lead to, and now where I am, mm -hmm. I think it can be very freeing for other people. Yeah. You said freeing for others. Tell me what it's going to mean for you to share this. Very uh, cathartic, incredibly cathartic. Yeah. And what do you think it'll lead to, that catharsis? Forgiveness. Mm. Continued working on grace extended to myself. Mm. That's really good. Healing. And of course, what you literally said a few minutes ago, growth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're here to grow. That's kind of the point. That's my own personal feeling about that. So this could be amazing for you. Yeah. So if you decide to do this and everything is optional, and I like to say that only because the minute we tell our brain, we don't have to do this. It's like, oh, watch me. Like, it's the best trick. Your brain's like, right. oh, we don't have to, but we're going to. You don't have to. But if you do, I would just come back to going into this really intentionally and deciding in advance, not only how it's going to go, but what you want out of it. Believing that what you want from this experience is what you're going to get. I like that. Yeah. I would love to hear how it goes because 
I have no doubt that you will find all of that and more on the other side of this. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. I'll just leave you with two. I was talking about this with a couple of my clients in um, the mastermind that I run. A couple of them were talking about how personal it feels to share real things, whether it's fiction or not fiction. We were saying, you know, it feels like you're running around your neighborhood in your underwear, asking everyone to tell you what they think. Like, hey, how's my body look? But every time I felt like I wanted to throw up after publishing a book, and I have one coming out in February that's like this, so, so personal. Those are the best books. Those are the books that people will reach out to you. They'll stop you. They'll recognize you on an airplane and say, I needed to read that. And so I always just come back to my reader. I kind of get out of my own head and think about that one person that needed to read it. For you, I bet it's a whole school full of middle schoolers. <laughs> I hope so. That is definitely my hope. And, and I think, honestly, um, I love growing older. Fortunately, mm -hmm. age has never bothered me yet. But as I have grown older, I really feel it will hit people uh, even as old as I am. Because I don't know that we ever lose those feelings. It's pretty easy to bring those middle school, high school feelings back up. Yes. And we're still, I believe, in dealing with clients healing mm -hmm. from so many things still. Yeah. From back then. Oh, yeah. Every time I don't like the onion analogy because it's just like, oh, who wants to peel an onion? I think of peonies. Every mm, time I think, oh, I'm like, you know, blossom. No, there's another layer to open up. Oh, so many petals. Yeah, so many petals. So, True. But that's True. the beauty. It's always there. I definitely can conjure up those middle school feelings. I would probably be one of your readers. So. Well, good. <laughs> yeah, keep us posted and come back anytime. I will. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kelly. Want to get coached on this podcast? Visit evenbetter.co, that's evenbetter.co, to sign up and to learn more about how you can create an even better career as an author. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to leave a brief review. Thanks so much for listening.